the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Max Out Savings Advisors. The views expressed during the broadcast are solely for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily express the views of KNTH, its management, Max Out Savings Advisors, or its sponsors. Max Out Savings Advisors and members of the Max Out Savings team may or may not hold securities mentioned during the show. Plan for your prosperity. Prepare for your retirement. Safeguard your savings. And nurture your investments. This is the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Now, here's your host from Max Out Savings Advisors, Ted Gioka. Morning, and welcome to the Max Out Savings Show. I'm Ted Gioka, and we're talking savings investments in your retirement here on the Max Out Savings Show. Our show is all about saving money and building up wealth over the long term and understanding the world today. Our motto and our philosophy is to save aggressively and invest conservatively. That save aggressively and invest conservatively. That's the key to building up wealth over the long term. And and I think more than ever, it's it's important to do that. I mean, it's it's uh, you want to save at least ten percent plus your company match, and 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 you also should have an emergency fund of at least at least six months of, of, of cash available. And, and if you're not there, I mean, it's important to, to, to start right away. I mean, there's just no other way around it. I mean, we live in very difficult and very challenging times. Uh, we had the coronavirus that came out of nowhere. Uh, and I, it, it's really interesting. Uh, look, I mean, we all got, everybody got bailed out within this last crisis. We, we, we spent more money than we ever have in history uh, bailing everybody out. Our, our, our debt to GDP levels went, went to World War II levels. But next time, it might not be so good. And, and, and next, next time, we might not have the money. We might not have access to the money. I know they want to do a $3.2 trillion savings plan, and, and the Democrats are saying, look, we can use this new modern monetary theory. We're instituting that, which, and you're like, what is that? And, and the answer is, well, it's, we can just spend as much money as we want as long as it comes into the economy. I'm choking on the idea. Uh, and and, and, and uh, as long as we control our currency, we, we can spend enormous amounts of money, and, and, and it shouldn't be a problem. And you go, what about inflation? They go, well, we'll just increase taxes on everybody, and that'll slow down the inflation. That's pretty much what they say. I mean, it's, it's, it's simplistic, but quite frankly, that's pretty direct with what, what, what they're saying. And, and, and so, so so this time, all this money came into the economy, as, as we talked about in our, 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 uh, in our most recent Max Out Savings Report. It's trillions of dollars. The savings rate went from about 8% in an average up to about 18%, which is really good. I mean, two things. They pumped a lot of money into the economy. People saved money. They they weren't buying anything. They made it. They, a lot of people invested the money. We had a, a we created a new class of investors out, out there, which young people are investing in stocks. They're investing in cryptocurrencies. They're they're doing all types of things. Uh, land prices are going up. People, are, uh, you know, it it, it it really has has changed. What what we're dealing with? I mean, an enormous flood of money. Uh, people, uh, a couple things. The, the younger people, a lot of people are moving out of realizing, hey, life is too short. I'm going to move out into the country, or I'm worried about. We're, we seem to be witnessing the complete collapse of of order in big cities, and crime is skyrocketing. Uh, in in uh, murder rates every day, there's a new thing. I mean, New York is like something out of Escape from New York, the movie. And and it, it, and people are like, look, I'm not coming back. The place is a hellhole. Uh, it's dangerous. Uh, it, it's just it, it's miserable to be in. I want to move out of the country. So we we see this huge new trend of of, of people moving, of moving out to the suburbs to the country. They want a home. Look, it worked real well with you and your roommate uh, in a two-bedroom apartment uh, up until the time that uh, 
particularly for young people, because of the time they started working from home together and they're together 24 hours a day and they basically are, are you know, they don't have a room to work. And so people, particularly people, families like, look, I'm done with the apartment. We need an office as well as, as, as a couple of bedrooms or three bedrooms. And hence you're seeing much bigger houses being built. And the American people are, are, are really innovative in powering through this thing. It, it, it's really fascinating to see what we've seen happen, uh, how, how the pandemic has changed the United States. In, 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 in many ways, the American people were much quicker to react to, than the government. I, I think the government actually did a remarkable job of, of powering through this thing. They were caught completely flat-footed. Uh, when, you know, we talked about this show at the time. We talked in February, January, February of 2020. No one even knew what the coronavirus was, and at the time, we, we you know, we're this this line of talking was probably later in February. We're like, look, the government's been caught completely flat-footed. They suddenly have discovered that the majority of our PPPE, the personal protective equipment, is is produced overseas. And those companies are like, no, no, we're using it for ourselves. You're not getting it. And then 80 percent of our of our raw materials for all our medication is coming from overseas. And they realize that they're like, oh my God, you know, we're, we're looking at we're at a pandemic coming down on top of the United States. We're utterly unprepared for it. They they let the emergency stockpiles of medical equipment decline or deteriorate to the point it was unusable. Our supply chains were all overseas with countries, particularly China, that was not going to let it out of there until their people were taken care of. And so they had to react. And quite frankly, I think they did a very good job. I mean, that, that you know Donald Trump came in he 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 sped things up when it came to drug approvals they they fast tracked drug approvals they fast tracked the vaccines nobody said it was possible to even do a vaccine we came up with the vaccine under Donald Trump and now you wouldn't know it i mean you know the biggest problem that uh, the Biden administration has is they're not willing to give President Trump any credit for the vaccine whatsoever, and they've hopelessly politicized the vaccine. But in fairness to the Biden and Kamala Harris, they politicize everything. So why would you not expect them to do that? So, but but the American people, and since then, we seem to be degenerating into a complete mess. We we know they're ordering everybody to get vaccines, and like, well, wait a minute, I had the coronavirus. I've got antibodies according to this test right here. Why do I need a vaccine? Well, no, we want everyone to have a vaccine. Well, including my five year old. Yes. Well, what? This is an experimental vaccine. Why should I experiment with my child that has zero danger of actually contract or of being? Uh, uh, injured or dying from coronavirus. Well, we have to have everybody have the vaccine. And you're kind of like, what the hell is going on? And, 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 and then they're running around, you know, rather than sitting there and, and, and prioritizing who, who the people that are they're ill, but trying to determine, hey, do we not need vaccines for, for people that have the antibodies built up in their system? Instead of looking at that, do we really need children? They're just in a mass vaccination panic. They're pressuring corporations and woke corporations and not ordering their employees to get vac- vaccinated. Look, this week I've, I've talked numerous discussions on this. We have clients that have had had some of their children in the hospital with blood clots. We have we have uh, clients that are that are, that that taken the shot have had headaches and, and dizziness. We we have other people that have been very sick because of it. Uh, we have people that are immunocompromised that can't take it, and yet they're forcing everybody to take this vaccine. And look, if you want to take the vaccine, I think it's a good vaccine. It was built under Donald Trump. I've not been able to find out many flaws with the exception of, hey, if there, there could be real problems three years from now, we don't know. But overall, but why the complete panic? But if you, the difference, it, it, it looks like the Keystone cops are ordering everybody to have the vaccine, with the exception of the people that are flooding across our border with all types of the new, the new varieties of the vaccine. Uh, you know, those mutants that are coming over, mutant vaccines, uh, mutant uh, coronavirus, uh, people that have it, they can flood and they don't have to be vaccinated. Nothing to see here. We're going to bust them all over the country and spread the vaccine. And yet if someone comes from Europe, they're not getting into the United States unless they have the vaccine, unless they're tested. And we're making sure the American people are protected. Like, wait a minute, there's two million people you've bust all over the United States and flown on Air Force jets to all, everywhere in the country that have been infected with this. Are you 
trying to destroy the American people. It, 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 this it looks like the Keystone Cops. One day it's this, one day this is a look. This is the United States of America. We can do better. Now the interesting thing is the American people have done pretty good. They've adapted. They use their masks. They're cautious. Some people don't like masks, but they're, if you notice, they're pretty cautious about things. People use hand sanitizers. That they, they, they socially distance. They've learned to work from home. Uh, businesses have adopted to work from home. They're, they're working with less people. They're, they're, they, they adopted very cool. The American American people are remarkably adaptable. Uh, and in places where, if, if you look at the South, the South, they, they opened up it up. They're like, hey, look, we need it. We've got to work. We need to do something. This is going away. Uh, we've got the vaccines. It, it, they still aren't having schools in some parts of, of, the, of the blue states. They're in a complete panic up there. They don't know what to do. Uh, they're damaging children. Yeah, you know, I, I sat in a, on a, a, a professor. Uh, I think it was at the Milken conference a number of years back from MIT. I think it was MIT, and, and she was uh, she was talking about children and, and children using uh, 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 cell phones and, 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 and uh, talking on the cell phone and texting all day and how bad it was for them. And I want to say this was a while back, but I want to say the age it was somewhere between seven and ten particularly girls, learn how to view faces and, and, and see people and see reactions and emotions and stuff and, and, and learn how to identify people. And, and they weren't getting it. This professor says, look, these, these young kids aren't getting this stuff because, because they're on a cell phone. They're not. And, and, well, what are we doing now where we're forcing everybody to mask? We're crippling a generation of young people. These people are not going to know how to deal with other people. They've been locked up and, and kept away from or, or masked up. And so all you're doing is looking at the person's eyes. You don't know what's going on. People are not developing people. Young people are not developing people skills from this. So they can't open up. It's a disaster. The South has opened up. The economy is coming back. And so it's a tale of two things. And one group, the Republicans, they trust their people. They trust their citizens to do things. And on the North and on the West Coast, it's like they're people, they're subjects, you know, they're subject to the rule that they have to be told what to do. They have to be protected. They have to be coddled. They're incapable of doing anything. And so one area is booming and one area is not. And I think it's almost we've developed two countries in a way. One country that is frightened of its own shadow and capable of doing anything without, without you know, the government. I mean, it's almost like North Korea, the worship of Kim Jong-un versus people that want to be a free people and a free society. And so we're marching for we're outdoing every other country in the world in reopening now every most other country china is shutting down this we, you know the, 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 the ports are slowing down we're going to have additional we're going to talk about this some later in the show that europe doesn't know what to do they're instituting vaccine passports uh, all, all this thing it, it, it's remarkable the one country every single time there's a crisis every single time there's a problem it's the United States of America. World War One. it was the United States of America that came to the rescue. World War Two. it was the United States of America that came to the rescue again. Germ- uh, you know, Europe was about to be under the, uh, the boot of, of Adolf Hitler, and it was the United States that turned the tide. It, it's always the United States that turned it. It's the United States is the people that came up with the telephone, were the people that came up with the computer, were the people. Every time there's a problem, when there's a pan- global pandemic, who gets vaccines that works? It's the United States of America. It's always us. And, and we're doing it again, and we're coming back, and we're empowering through this. Now, the, the scary thing to me is, 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 this, is this just Machiavellian you know, lockdowns and in, in, in vaccine passports and mandates, particularly corporations. Uh, you know, th- this week I had a couple things I want to touch on. We had Apple Computer. Get, get, they're going to start reviewing everybody's cell phone pictures for child pornography. Look, this is a worthy cause, and there's nothing worse than child pornography. But the problem is, is where do we go from here? What are they going to start reviewing all those pictures for next? Where, where are we going there? Uh, this week we had we had uh, the, the the infrastructure bill. They're going to pass something with with the DWI thing in the car, so, so so it can monitor your eyes and see how you're doing, or I don't know. To, to test if you're if you're drunk and it'll shut the car down. 
Well, what else is it going to do? If, my, if, if your social score isn't good enough, does the car shut it off until you clean up your act? Do they shut the car off? Uh, again, these are worthy causes, but, but, but what are they doing with this? Uh, we, we have now big corporations mandating vaccines. Everyone has to get the vaccine or they're going to be fired. CNN fired three people. Look, I know numerous people that can't take the vaccine because of, of, of severe issues, uh, compromised immunities, things like that. I know other people that have been in the hospital and, 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 with it, and they can't take the second shot. And so what are these people supposed to do? It, 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 this is just this is ridiculous that we have corporate America setting these ad hoc policies that United Airlines see. And it's, it's the same group of people every single time that do this, the same woke corporations that whose CEOs desperately want to rule the world. And this is their opportunity to do, to do it. And I, and I think in the future, there's going to be real payback on, on some of these CEOs. That they're just going completely off the rails with mandating all types of things, you know, telling people how to live their lives, telling what, what they vaccines, what, how, to, how to handle their health, what to put in their bodies. It's not their business. If, if the United States wants to do it, it's their business. In corporate America, this is, I mean, these CEOs are out of control. This power has gone to their head. Some of these people become, they view themselves as gods, and, 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 it, and, and they're basically false gods, and they're a threat to this country. And, and so, we're going to have to move forward. But underneath it, this country is powering through. That's what I want you to understand. We're moving forward. We're changing the world like we always do in the United States. And by the way, it, it came through in the Olympics, too. You saw the, the, the athletes wrapping themselves in the American flags, the ones that were, the ones that were protesting, sitting down, uh, complaining, you know, taking knees. They didn't win what they were supposed to. I mean, it's remarkable, the woke athletes that didn't do as well. And, and, it, and it's, I feel really, one other thing, I feel really badly for Simone Biles. You know, she is a top-level athlete, and, and what they put her through with asking her one stupid question after another and rather than letting her compete was, was disgraceful, particularly uh, on, on the, the, the station that was covering it. But, but you're seeing, the, again, the American people coming out on top, and that's what we always do. And we are plowing forward. I know with all the scare tactics you're seeing out there, I mean, we're getting phone calls constantly from friends and clients about, about what's going on out there. But underneath it, the United States is powering through. Our economy is opening up. There's huge demand, and we're changing the world again. And So anyway, we'll be right back after this quick break right here on the Max Health Savings Show. In the 1970s, the big song was the Bee Gees stayed alive. Well, it was difficult back then to stay alive if you were a retiree. Inflation was running rampant. And since then, over the last 25 years, it's gone away. Well, inflation's coming back, and it's going to endanger your retirement. If you're a retiree, inflation is your biggest enemy. Hi, this is Ted Gioka of the Max Out Savings Show. If you need help with your retirement, I'd like to help you out. Go to MaxOutSavings.com. That's MaxOutSavings.com, and we'll show you how you manage through inflation. Don't let inflation destroy your retirement. Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos that companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air... We're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message, we're 512 New Media, 512newmedia.com. This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Savings Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. 
you need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Max Out Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com. Welcome back to the Max Out Savings Show. We're talking savings, investments, your retirement. If you got any questions or comments, you can always give us a call. 713-339-70 here at the Max Out Savings Show. Uh, a couple, it, we were just talking about the United States. It's always the United States that comes through. Everybody, you know, the United States is the world's worst place. You know, it's the United States. The only reason why the United States was there was because they needed a place to create slavery. Or something. It's just the United States. Look, has the United States made some mistakes? Yeah. Uh, things that we shouldn't have done. Yeah. Have we tried to atone for them and fix them? Absolutely. And we've done that. And we, and we, we have come out ahead. That's why everyone in the world typically wants to come here and uh it, it just it just because what it is and and you know it like i said world war one world war two i mean it's one thing after another uh every time the world's in a crisis it was the coronavirus who came up with the vaccine the, the chinese vaccine oh my god this thing is garbage i mean it barely works at all the united states we've got the vaccines as usual and here's another thing electric cars who who can I don't know if we invented the electric cars, but Tesla's the guy that put the, put the electric cars on the map. Now all these people are all talking trash. You know, they're all big, big time electric cars. You know, they, the Biden administration had the electric car companies to showcase electric cars. They didn't even invite. They didn't even invite uh, Elon Musk of Tesla, the guy that created the whole thing. Again, it's all about politics in this administration, and, and people are disgusted with it. Uh, it, 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 it. It's concerning. I mean, that, that's just. The nicest thing I can say about it, but, but uh, I, I so the, so the electric car companies are up there. You know, they're all talking. Yeah, we're going to be eighty percent or fifty percent electric cars by twenty twenty five, or we're going to a hundred percent by twenty thirty. And, and, and you know, they're all in. I mean, they are in big time. I mean, it's like gasoline. What is that? It, it, and so I wanted to look into that. It, and a couple things came across my desk, and and. Uh, electric cars are about 1.6 to 2.3 times uh, uh, more to service than a, a com, uh, internal combustion engine, which is kind of interesting. They're more expensive to repair. I mean, there's just no doubt about that. Uh, Automotive News published a report they were 2.3 times more expensive than than a uh, internal combustion engine after three months of ownership. Uh, the, the figure drops to 1.6 percent after after more than a year. Now, uh, the now in fairness, they have less parts, so they should be less expensive. But it's a it's a new thing that the cost of ownership can be to repairs that these things are pretty expensive. And all cars, the sensors are going to be more expensive in the future to repair. I don't think people realize that. But so anyway, so they had four General Motors up there. They're all talking, you know, trash. We're going to no problem here. And then, uh, but Toyota goes, look. You know, we're building electric cars, but I don't think people understand. You're going to have to upgrade the the electric grid, and we don't have enough uh, uh, material. It, it's like, wait, wait a minute. You've got all these electric cars. What do you do with them? How do you charge them? How do you get? The, how do you get the, the? How do you make them? And 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 the problem is nobody wants to say anything because they're all so woke that they're all good. They're all down for the game and. And it's like, well, wait a minute. So I want to look into this. And one of the things we've been saying on the show, we believe you want to be positioned for for your investments is is materials for for a couple of reasons. We talked about inflation, uh, but but the other thing is is the materials for electric car. And I want to run. This is to twenty. Uh, this is uh, right now. Electric cars are about one percent of the uh, of the forced cars out there. One percent. But going if to, by 2030, what they're predicting is uh, uh, the, in the. But this is by 2030, and they're projecting even by 2040, one of these groups is saying only 58 percent of the cars are going to be electric. So all this talk about you know we're about to convert over, is just complete. You know they're just falling all over themselves to embrace the the Biden administration, how woke they are. Uh, in, in everything they do. But let's take a look at, at, at the materials. According to some statistics we've seen, 
Nickel, they're going to need, by 2030, 14 times the amount of nickel. 14 times the amount of nickel. 14 times the amount of aluminum. 13 times the amount of, of phosphorus. 13 times the amount of iron, which I'm not sure how the iron fits into that. But copper, 10 times, it, it used a lot more copper in an electric car, 10 times the amount of copper. You know, you see, some of these materials are already in somewhat tight supply. And we're going to go from probably last year, I don't, I'm making up a number, but it was probably 20 electric cars in the world to over 100, 150 electric cars late next year. This is going to create big demand. Uh, graphite, 10 times the amount of graphite that's now being used. Uh, lithium, nine times the amount of lithium. You know, the, the, lithium's in reasonably tight supply right now. I mean, it's nine times. Think about that. Cobalt, three times. Manganese, three times. Now, I think some of these higher numbers are touch high, uh, but, but, but it gives you an idea of the demand for com material commodities. Because remember, you got to build the electric car, right? So you got to you're going to need the lithium, particularly copper, aluminum. Uh, you know, you're going to need some cobalt uh, uh, th th for those things, but nickel for the batteries too. But here's the thing: in some other areas, with the because it's electrical. But keep in mind, you've got to have the charging stations. You've got to have copper wire. You have aluminum wire. You you got to have you're going to have to have uh, you're going to have to have the electric grid. And looking. They're projecting 38% more electricity usage by 2050. And I think, so I think that number is actually low, personally. Uh, California, uh, they're projecting 5.4% 5, 5 more electric usage by 2030. Again, I think that's a low number. I, I really do. I, uh, so, some of these things, the ones I gave you earlier, I think are a little high. Some of these right now are low. I think the adoption is going to be reasonably good for it. There's going to be a lot of people are going to get electric cars, but it's going to require electricity because they're electric cars. Well, that means they've got to be charged up. That's going to put further demand on the grid. The grid's got to be bolted up. You're going to need more wiring. You need heavier wiring. You can't just use a, you know, use a, a what, what is it, a, a 10 gauge or whatever the gauge is, uh, electric. You've got to use heavier wire. You know, the, those, those, those things typically hook up your, your car, they, those are pretty heavy duty cables. That, that go in there, and then you got to have uh, you're going to have more transmission lines. You're going to have uh, more long distance transmission lines. That requires more aluminum. That requires more steel. You got to build those poles. Uh, you, you're going to have to put in more uh, wind turbine sites. You're going to have to put in more solar power sites. The so, solar you get you're going to use up a lot of silver. Silver's huge usage there. So all of these commodities are going up. So this electrification we're going to do over the next 10 or 15 years, kind of this next big jump is going to require a lot of commodity-based infrastructure, infrastructure that uses a lot of commodities. And, and, and this is something I want you to understand. So the idea that the economy is going to tail off and, you know, that's going back. No, we're moving forward. Everything we've seen is a trend over going back probably since Donald Trump came in. The economy started going up and up and up. Unemployment was going up with record low unemployment, record low unemployment based on every minority group and gender out there. It was extraordinary. And then the pandemic hit. Well, then we're seeing the resumption of the trend here. And so uh, we just had uh, an employment number dropped to five. Was it five point four percent unemployment dropped to about point four point five percent? Yeah, point uh, five percent to five point four. Uh, this was a big number, and 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 so this this demand is out there. It's continuing to go on. The United States is continuing to grow, and so. So I want you to understand that that this is why we, we we've talked about these commodities because they're going to be in there's we have it for the last ten to twenty years we've not put many new copper mines uh, with new new aluminum operations in they've been cutting those back because of global warming uh, it takes a lot of electricity keep in mind to produce aluminum uh, it. And other things, there's just not been a lot of, of investment in the mining sector. All the money, I mean, is, is just pouring into technology all over the place. So you're getting a shift. We're, we're getting over – technology is, is, is build-out, is, is, is 
being more close to being done. The build-out for electric cars, the build-out for robotics, uh, that's going to require more energy. The build-out for all of this stuff is going to take time. It's going to – oil and gas, there's going to huge amounts of oil and gas are going to be going in to make all of these things. And so in chemicals, the same way with the chemicals. So, so, so this is why the economy is continuing to surge ahead even with the pandemic. So, so – this is this is something that we're looking at here, uh, and, and, and again, uh, the looking at the numbers. I have some more numbers here, uh, but but really, that was the, I mean, huge demand is expected for these commodities. So I think that's going to be an opportunity going forward. I mean, things go in cycles, and I think that's what we're seeing. That, that the inflation. Uh, that that's the, the other thing we've talked a lot about the inflation. This is going to be the the key thing. To your retirement, this is this is. I, I saw some things uh, up in New York here. Uh, rents are up seven uh, percent. Keep in mind, housing is about thirty percent of uh, twenty-five to thirty percent of the of the of the CPI uh, inflation numbers. That has been held down by artificially low interest rate rates on on rent. Rents are starting to take off in here. So this is another thing. It, 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 it's fascinating. We've been talking about cars. You know, the, the dealers don't have any cars. Go look. You know, drive down the road and look at the car dealerships. They're half empty, and, and, and so they can't buy cars. Why? Because there's a shortage of chips, of, of, of semiconductor chips and other critical parts. They can't get them across from China. China's shutting down again. Uh, but, but, but the demand is still there for cars. But the problem is the, the demand for cars is going to be there. But there's a secondary demand that no one understands. they got to refill those lots up with cars in the future. So not only do they have people clamoring for cars, and I talked to a number of friends of mine that are looking for cars, and they're like calling all over the place. Yeah, we can get you one. They're, hey, there's one coming over on the boat next month. These are the conversations people are having. So there's two demands. There's there's demand for cars, and there's demand to restock the inventory of cars. There's demand for everything out there. There's demand for lumber, and there's demand to restock the lumber yards. All, so these things are going to continue to move going forward. And, and what we saw is, is some real interesting things this week with uh, that that employment number. That employment number came out. They they had about nine hundred and forty three thousand jobs, more than expected. Uh, it, it unemployment rate fell to five point four percent. Well, all of a sudden it was like somebody flipped the switch. Uh, Richard Clarida made some comments earlier in the week that well, you know, we might do something soon. Or he's one of the vice, I think, vice chairman of the Federal Reserve. Uh, he's somewhat a, uh, not a hawkish person. And then all of a sudden, all these, a lot of these, uh, these Wall Street economists that were, you know, assuring us that the inflation was going to go away two or three weeks ago, are suddenly talking about, whoa, this inflation is becoming a problem, and it's going to force the Fed's hand. And that's that. The, the, the interest rate appeared to bottom, and, and the dollar shot up because it looks like the Federal Reserve is going to finally do something with interest rates. And Joe Manchin, Senator Joe Manchin, sent a letter to the Fed that he's concerned about inflation and what was what this was doing to working people. Well, you know, if if inflation's a concern, why are you spending three point two trillion dollars to basically throw gasoline on the inflation fire? And so again, we have these these massive cross currents going on, but there seems to be a shift. We've been talking about this on the show for months about, look, this inflation is for real. It's not going to slow down. Look, here's the, this is what we're hearing from the Fed, right? Inflation. Yes, inflation's out there. It's purely transitory. It's restocking. People want to get back out. There's going to be a sudden demand, and then it's just going to drop off. And if, there, if, if it does go a little more than we think, we're going to step up to the plate. We're going to take care of inflation. Okay, you're going to take care of inflation, uh, 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 Chairman Powell at the Federal Reserve. Yeah, that's correct. Well, uh, it, please explain to me why it took the Federal Reserve 10 years to get inflation under control after it exploded in the early 1970s. 10 years. In 10 years, and ultimately, they had to take rates. To, we were People were borrowing money for their home at over 10% on 30-year loans. It, but you, and only then did they finally get after ten years. So we're being led to believe today the Federal Reserve, if they see inflation get out of control, they're going to flip that switch and it's all going to go away. Well, the only thing that when they flip that switch is the stock market is going to sell off. It, 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 and but that's not going to slow the inflation down because the inflation 
in, in, in 2009, 2000, the inflation was in asset. It was in it was it was not asset. It was in the stock market. It was in it bond. It was in financial assets. This time, the money is in the economy. As we talked about, there's two two trillion dollars worth of excess savings sitting on the sidelines. There, there, there's there, there's a three hundred two hundred and fifty to three hundred dollar yeah, uh, monthly paychecks for for families for each child in this country. They just added. It, it, we we came up with fourteen different reasons why inflation was going to continue. Uh, massive government spending and everything else, and yet the Fed is is presenting themselves like we've got this. They don't have anything under control. They're behind the curve. They're still buying bonds at the rate of one hundred and twenty million dollars, including I believe forty billion dollars worth of of, of thirty of, of of mortgage bonds. Might be off a little on that number per month in in the hottest housing market in my lifetime. And I've seen a lot of housing markets. And this thing, the only time I've seen anything remotely close to this was probably 1980 in Houston, Texas, at the height of the oil boom. And and yet they're buying and they're subsidizing, keeping the mortgage rates should be going up. And so this is the, the Fed is Behind it's, it behind it's it's behind the curve, which means they're behind what they should be doing, and they're going to have they're going to struggle to to catch up, and they're not going to be able to slow down the inflation. Tell you what, we're going to be right back after this quick break, right here in the Max Out Savings Show. This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Savings Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Max Out Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com. Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos that companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air... We're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message, we're 512 New Media, 512newmedia.com. In the 1970s, the big song was the Bee Gees stayed alive. Well, it was difficult back then to stay alive if you were a retiree. Inflation was running rampant, and since then, over the last 25 years, it's gone away. Well, inflation's coming back, and it's going to endanger your retirement. If you're a retiree, inflation is your biggest enemy. Hi, this is Ted Gioka of the Max Out Savings Show. If you need help with your retirement, I'd like to help you out. Go to MaxOutSavings.com. That's MaxOutSavings.com, and we'll show you how you manage through inflation. Don't let inflation destroy your retirement. Welcome back to the Max Out Savings Show. If you have any questions or comments, you can give us a call at 713-339-1070. You can also listen to the uh, uh, radio show anywhere in the world by going to AM1070, the Answers website. Uh, hit the Listen Live button. You can also catch our podcast. So we got a lot of listeners from everywhere, and uh, it's exciting. So, hey, Ted. But if you got a question, we have a uh, caller. Yes, we have Charles on the line. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, good morning. Yes, uh, <clears throat> I, I, I wanted to 
uh, ask a question, actually two questions really, but uh, the first question has to do with the, uh, uh, I've noticed over the past 10, 15 years, because uh, I've attended a, a few shareholder meetings uh, during that time, and typically I've noticed that, that, that with some of these companies that there's typically two companies that control the majority of the shares of, of a particular company, and that's either Vanguard Group or I guess it's BlackRock, one of the two. But usually these companies own somewhere around anywhere from 6 to 8% of the outstanding shares, or at least hold them. And whoever the people are that, are that are in charge of voting these shares, in the past, you know, the last decade or two, two decades, usually the, the, you know, the topics were, you know, do we create an independent board chairman or are we going to vote on a stock split or things of that nature? But now it seems like what's happening is, is that, is that, and I don't know if, you know, if you take like the California Retirement Teachers Association or the New York firefighters or whatever they are, these, these entities that hold these large shares, it's like they're trying to 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 have a a, 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 a one way uh, conversation with the, with the with the CEO or the board chairman in terms of of trying to get their own topic voted on or push some sort of narrative or something and and I, I you know it just seems like like the small guy who owns a couple of hundred shares. Would would be, you know, far pressed to even get a hold of a CEO. So, uh, I mean, yeah. is there anything being done about something like this? Because if you get the wrong person in there in charge, I mean, he can just pick up the phone and say, "Well, I control 50 million shares here, and if you don't, you know, if you're not going to play ball with what I want to do or whatever, then you know, you may not have a job next year, or we'll we'll just put somebody else in charge." What's, what's yeah, your yeah, thoughts no, on it? Yeah, that's no, it's a good point. I mean, we got the wrong person in and out. BlackRock with Larry Fink, who's just a radical environmental activist. Uh, look, I, I think I think there's going to have to be some laws passed so the voting is based on on the the holders of the underlying assets. And uh, and, and the problem is 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 as you point out, you get a, a, the, the, these people running like BlackRock at Larry Fink or the California teachers. They have their own pet environmental projects or, or global warming, whatever they want to do, but they, and they, they push these CEOs to do it, and, and, but it's their personal agendas. It's not the people, you know, te- Texas, there's lots of people in Texas on BlackRock. They're not supporting BlackRock's war on, on uh, oil and gas, which it is a war on oil and gas, and, and I think how you stop it is Congress is going to have to pass some laws to get the pol- personal politics out of, out of uh, out of uh, these type of programs. And I, I think the better way to do it is actually if state attorney generals would start going after, in particular, BlackRock and these other ones, for, for for breach of fiduciary duty, because they have a duty to do what's best for their shareholders. Now, BlackRock goes, look, unless we save the planet, all our investments are going to be worthless. Well, you know, the answer is no, that's your opinion. And there's other sides of this. And, and are you fairly allocating votes Based on on the on the beliefs of your of your shareholders in that that own of of your of your stakeholders that own the actual money under that you're investing then for which is 401ks pension and stuff are you fairly allocating it based on their beliefs or using your personal things so the way to stop it Charles this is a great question and this is why a lot of these CEOs act this way that we complain about is is for states attorney generals to go after for breach of fiduciary duty and I, I think take a look at other things that and just misuse of 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 assets it, it, and I and there you know I, there's some laws out there and I'm not a lawyer that you can say that wait a minute you 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 misuse the assets and, and I think that would be the way to do it so for instance if if, if the company owns an asset and, and and you know maybe it's a corporate plane and I'm taking my you know and I, I'm I'm running my family all over the place all the time well that's kind of a misuse of the corporate asset well if if blackrock has all these assets owned by individual investors and savers and they're they're using it for their personal piggy bank to to, to basically to force companies to do things they're misusing the assets it's going to take state attorney generals quick question well got another one 
Yeah, well, uh, it, yeah, Ted, j- just to follow up on your comment there, in some cases, whatever these agendas or whatever happen to be, it, it almost seems like it's a violation of the charter of the company because for the shareholders because it's never put up to the shareholders for a vote. In a lot of cases, you just see an announcement in the annual report, oh, well, we're going to follow this, and it's kind of like, wait a minute, I, we, we aren't even given the opportunity to, to vote on it, much less... Well, that's you know, and, and that and that just seems like a violation right there in terms of the, uh, the internal workings of the company. I don't know. You know, that, I guess that's where the shareholders would have to try to step in. But the second question I wanted to ask, uh, Ted, was with regard to real estate and the home prices. I, I, I don't know whether you touched on that or not, but I, I think that they mentioned, you know, uh, the increase on on home, residential home prices was shot up like fourteen percent or something. I don't know what it was, but but let me ask this question here, and I don't know if you if you know the answer or not. But you know, as you look back over the years on you know realist residential real estate prices running up and then obviously falling when when during during a trough, let's say two thousand eight or two thousand. Do you happen to know what the average drop in price was from the peak to the trough on average? Was it ten percent or twenty percent or you know? Do you have any idea? If not, could can you look that up maybe before the show's over and just it'd be interesting to see what that you know what that percentage drop. Charles, would be. that's going to take some work. I'll, I'll get that for another show. That's a good point. There's a couple of things. Up until 2008, real estate prices had never really dropped. They claimed, but actually back in 80, they dropped when, when interest rates went up. I don't know the amount. In Houston, Texas, real estate dropped close to 50% oh, in, in, wow. for, for a lot of things. It's a, maybe I guess thirty percent is probably a good number, but it was around that. I mean, it was a huge drop. Uh, right now, real estate's very expensive uh, out there. I mean, you know, it, it, there seems to be this inflation. A real people are desperate to put money to work, and they're just pouring money into real estate. I, I think if you can get a loan that's fixed rate over the long term, it's okay. But if you can't, I, I, w- I would be real careful otherwise, because this thing you're going to see some problems in this. It's, as I said, it's early in the show. This is the hottest market I've probably seen since since 1980. Well, it's going to get very ugly. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's going to collapse anytime soon by any means, but when it does, it, it's going to be a lot of people trying to dump their homes or trying to everybody trying to get out the front door at the same time, and it's going to get pretty ugly. It just seems that way, but it may be a while before that happens, though. Well, and you've always had real quickly. You've always had a underneath that you've had a uh, in, in homeowners. Which look, even if the house goes down, they like the house. They live in the house. The kind of the worrisome thing is, I'm seeing in some, like in Houston, I'm seeing up to 25 percent of some of our homes are being purchased by a percentage are being purchased by investors. When things start going against the investors, they're the ones that either panic and sell, or they're they're the ones that get blown out of the market when their loans are called, and, and that's. That that's so. I think what the danger is is what they're making real estate more volatile by bringing in all these investors, and that's my real concern. I mean, I think I think we should be taking away the the, the benefits for invest the tax benefits for investors and right. concentrating the benefits on homeowners. Great great call. Thanks, Charles. Right. Sure. Well, got a any questions or comments? In real quick, seven one three 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 nine ten seventy here at the Max Out Savings Show. Here's a question: uh, the, the did did the did the ten year bottom uh, ten year bond bond bottom this week? And I I think there I think that this, this is a this, what, look one of the biggest mysteries of and the most unexpected thing this this year has been that that rates as these inflation numbers came down have dropped. We've seen five percent inflation over the last twelve months, and we and we had the the ten year peak at about one point seven five. It dropped back down. So about one point, uh, what was it? One point one three this this week, it, and it, 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 it's like, well, wait a minute, inflation's five percent. So if you assume inflation's at five percent, that means you got a negative real rate of about three point seven percent, and uh, and, and it, it, with 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 the ten year right now about one point three, and that that's a real concern. And 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 what I think it is, it was a lot of people short. The, the, the bond market. We, we we think rates are going up. We've actually put some hedges on because we think rates are going to go up 
uh, on the ten-year. We think we think interest rates uh, on the Treasury curve are going to predict longer rates because I think this inflation is going to manifest itself longer, and I think they're going to have to get tighten rates up and or, or pull money out, and that's going to push rates up. It, there's a small double bottom that, that that happened right about that one uh, one one point one three area over the last uh, month. And, and, and it looks like it, it's holding support and it's going up. And there, the other thing that's happened, there seems to suddenly be a shift. You can see it in the last couple of days, and it got very pronounced on Friday after the employment numbers came out, is there seems to be a shift on the establishment, you know, the, the Wall Street establishment group that has been preaching this transitory inflation. Uh-oh, inflation's out there and something needs to be done. The Fed is going to have to start acting. There seems to be a real shift. I think that's starting to play out now. It, and so I, I think, you know, this is what we believe. We think the, 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 the interest rates have possibly bottomed for a while because this inflation, I think, is going to continue to accelerate. Now, we've got to watch and see what's going to happen with the corona. I mean, I think this is really driving things. Again, tremendous amounts of cross-currents. This this thing is much more contagious. It's at least twice as contagious. That makes it very dangerous. The the Delta variant, and then we, you know, the Delta Plus variant, and then, you know, it's just stupid to listen to this. The good news is it doesn't seem to be as deadly. And and so if 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 this virus is working down more to a flu, that's a big positive. But right now, China is in a panic, and they're closing down. It, it, and, 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 you know, there's all types of talk that, that, that the reopening is delayed. And so we have to see how this slows things down. Again, the cross currents, but, but with, the, with the Delta variant coming out, particularly hitting China, this is going to, again, slow down the normalization of, of freight movement, slow down the normalization of, of, of product shortages, of semiconductor shortages, of, of raw material shortages. And, 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 and so, again, this is going to keep the inflation going, I think. And then it's going to allow the government, the Biden administration to spend more money. So we're just not seeing this thing down. And, and we really think the, the inflation is the big threat to your retirement. I, I, that cannot be emphasized enough. We talk a lot about this. It, it's really the thinking being if people don't understand this, they've lived through 40 years of disinflation or uh, def- deflation, and, and, and that's or declining inflation, and that's coming to an end. And they have to understand the risk because in this, the, the 70s, this wiped out lots of people's retirement. They were destroyed by the inflation. So you've got to prepare and understand what what the world is, and and and, and you want to avoid long term bonds. You want to be you want to be in things that are going to do well. These super high PE stocks, if rates starts going up, start going up, they're going to be in trouble. And companies, a lot of these companies are starting to report margin shrinkage. That's what happened to Clorox. The stock plunged. GM, the stock plunge shortages. Their margins aren't there. They can't produce enough products. And that's starting to hurt some of these companies. Anyway, we'll see you next week right here on the Max Up Savings Show. Be cautious out there. Remember our motto in our uh, philosophy to save aggressively, invest conservatively. That's the key to building up wealth. It's all